As you begin your practice, please find your body. To find your body means to become mindful of it experientially. We we are given this in the first foundation of mindfulness. But we could as easily call it bodyfulness. We're practicing bodyfulness as we become aware of the aliveness that is sitting in our seat. You don't even have to think about it. It's already here. And you can feel it or sense it or become aware of it viscerally or kinesthetically or energetically. And the posture your body is in, when we're still, doesn't matter. You could be standing or lying down or sitting on a cushion or sitting Caesar style with your knees under you on a bench. What's important is to awaken to the life that's here in this moment now. And that aliveness displays itself, reveals itself in many different ways, and they're all good. You may be aware of the sensations created by the contact of your body with a chair or a cushion or a bench or if you're lying down the mattress or standing, your feet touching the ground. Or it could be the contact of your hands touching one another or resting on your thighs. Or it could be the 
contact of your eyelids touching one another or your lips touching each other. Or you may be aware of the temperature that comes with being alive, what's called the fire element in Buddhism, the sense of heat or coolness. Or you might be aware of the movement of the body even as you're staying still. The wind element. Most highly characterized by our body breathing. And we utilize the breath to begin to focus, center, ground, orient ourselves as a way to bring body-mind together as Tuere encouraged us from the beginning. Letting the obvious become known and happen. And if you're mindful of the body breathing, you can pay more intimate attention. You can become more intimate with this aliveness of the breath breathing itself. Feeling the Sensations that begin with the inhale, the inspiration of breath that keeps us alive. And then being aware of the exhale, the expiration of breath that allows us to let go and relax.
it's helpful to keep allowing the breath to draw, draw us closer to itself, the breath drawing us closer to the breath. So that we start to saturate the breathing with our awareness, with consciousness, with knowing. Not a conceptual knowing, but an experiential knowing. And it's often very pleasant when we become one with the breathing. We don't even have to think about the idea of Vedna. It's here experientially. It can be a very subtle, simple, pleasant sensation. And of course, if we're struggling to find the breath or find the body, it can feel unpleasant. And you don't have to search for the Vedana or think about it. You know it's unpleasant. Being very present, very here, very now, with the living experience of the body breathing and the natural Vedna that comes with it of being pleasant or unpleasant or just neutral if it's not a big deal. And this morning we're going to add one more foundation of mindfulness, bodyfulness, heartfulness, which is the third foundation, that of citta. Being mind, citta means often translated as mind, being mindful of the mind. <coughs> It's also translated as heart, being 
mindful of the heart. And the more accurate phrase is the heart mind because they're not separate and weren't understood to be separate in the time of the Buddha and his time and place and culture. It seems to have occurred with what's called progress, that the mind became separated from the heart. But we want to be aware of both. What's here when we're aware of chitta, the heart-mind? And so we open to thoughts, ideas, beliefs, memories, feelings, not feeling tone as was described yesterday, but the, the conventional way we use the word of emotions or moods, the affect of the heart. And you don't have to go searching for anything. We just want to be aware of what's here when it arises. First being aware of the body, then being aware of the fact the body is breathing, then being aware that every moment actually has Vedna woven in it, imbued in it, of this pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant or unpleasantness. And as we open the instructions to include chitta, heart-mind, we don't have to go looking for thoughts. They'll come to you. You don't have to go looking for emotions or mood. It's, they reveal themselves. Often talked about as clouds in the sky of awareness. Thoughts, feelings, emotions. And the magic of satipatthana, of mindfulness, bodyfulness, heartfulness, is we can be aware of them. We don't have to be connected to the thoughts or feelings. We can start to see that they happen on their own. We don't really create our emotions. We don't manufacture them. They simply appear. And paradoxically, the same is true for 90 to 95% of our thoughts. We're not trying to think. Thoughts just appear out of nowhere, out of nothing out of no thing. 
And the beauty of practice is we can be aware of thinking, memories, ideas, beliefs, opinions, fantasies. And we don't have to We don't have to be close to them or believe them. We can be aware of them. And as soon as we're aware of them, we're not the thought. And oddly enough, the same is true for emotions. When we're aware of them, we're not the emotion There's an emotion occurring in consciousness. There's a thought arising in consciousness. And we can be aware of it. And what's aware of it is not the thought or the feeling itself. So please... Begin to include chitta as part of your practice. Resting in awareness, awareness of body, awareness of vedna, aware of heart-mind. And see what happens as you very simply stay present and relaxed and aware, moment by moment by moment as reality keeps displaying itself for you here, now.
So we have some time for any questions or comments about the instructions, about the talks, about your practice. find, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm struggling with um, labeling. Because if I'm labeling, say, thinking or Vedna, it seems to interrupt the flow. And sometimes by the time I've labeled it, it's gone. Mm -hmm. But to not label seems to open the door for discursive thinking. So I'm trapped between these two pushes. Do you have any advice? Sure. Don't be trapped. <laughs> but, and really what I mean is the labeling is such a, that let the label arise out of the experience itself. So you don't have to go looking to label it. It's already there. You're knowing it. And it's like, oh, in-breath, out-breath. And it's, it's such a whisper in the heart and mind. It's, it's almost like I'm not even saying it. And I do. Sometimes I label. Sometimes I don't. If I want to stay a little more focused sometimes or get centered, I'll do some noting. It's also called noting for everybody. And it's like, in, out, and it's really the feeling itself is almost the label. And so play with it. See, see how subtle you can get with the labeling. Play with it in that way. And then it's more like, oh, it's right. It's arising with the experience. The label and the experience start to come almost together. Thank you. Yeah. Somebody in back. Um, I'm having trouble in the thought department where my mind... Wait, hold the mic close. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Um, I'm having trouble in... I keep thinking back to Tuera's comment where like I'm reliving a fight over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I keep trying to come back, but as soon as I notice again, I'm somewhere else. And I, do you have any advice as to like, or is that just part of it? No, no, no. You, you, here's what my suggestion is. is so you're, the fight, you're thinking about it, right? There's thoughts. There's a lot of feeling generally connected that are stimulating the thoughts. Feel what's here. If you're angry, feel the anger. Be aware of that. If you if you're feel hurt or scared, feel that. And that's really, when we talk about the chitta, that's the chitta. It's alive. And you can see the thoughts and the feeling are like, they're like this. 
They're so close together. They're not even two things. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and remember, you have full permission to feel anything. Because you're not in control of it anyways. And, and you can be aware of that, even though, and it will be, and, I, and I'm assuming, but I, it, it'll probably feel unpleasant, right? Although sometimes anger f- kind of feels pleasant for some of us. And, and really, all I'm saying is you'll notice the Vedana's already right there in the experience. Okay? okay. Yep, thank you. Good. Here is a woman. Yeah, keep your hand up, so Matthew... Um, I found recently, um, maybe while trying to focus, I feel a hindrance rather than like my mind starting to wander. And I was wondering if dealing with the hindrance, like with meta, and then I can get back to focusing, like, is that a good way to re-anchor or uh, fight through the hindrance and try, you know, like the distraction. So um, can, can it's been you, working. Can you can you give me an example of what the hindrance is? Uh, it could be annoyance. Um, uh-huh. I'm not sure which one that is. Like agitation, it's aversion. Yeah. 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 Um, in particular, and that is a little visceral physically for me. So I can't. Um, totally focus on like anchoring my breath because it's just so visceral and um yeah. through the past couple of days and some reading like meta has helped dissolve the physical aversion so so then you can use the meta if that works for you or you can allow the aversion now because we're in the <laughs> chitta phase you can be totally averse and be aware of it and that is a way to free yourself from the from the what we're calling the hindrances because they're just they're just automatic reactions that happen right of, of, you know desire aversion sleepiness restlessness doubt they just happen and we can be aware of them as soon as we're actually aware of them we're not just caught in them they're still here and we want them to let go but you don't have to force them to let go. There's already some freedom in the awareness itself. And so, and, and it's sometimes really freeing of the hindrance to be as aversive as you want. Because we're not trying to be spiritually non-aversive perfect. At least I'm not, and I can't. <laughs> I've had a lot of aversion in my heart and mind at times, but it's just aversion. It's not you. Is that clear? Yeah, so play with it. See what happens. And yeah, and if it's like, oh, this is just here, it's driving me crazy, do metta and, and really just give it some love. 
Thank you. Okay. Then in back. This the sound okay? Uh, so far. <laughs> I wanted to ask about a, a physical sensation that I, I haven't heard instructions for or talked about much, uh, which is the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty consistently, I find mine to be quite prominent during stillness in particular. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a negative or a unpleasant Vedana. It feels very agitated and loud. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, just wondering if you could say something about that. Sure. So, great question. Um, and I'm going to do part A, part B. One is... Just be aware of it. It's just the, it's just a sensation, C- correct? Right, and it's your heart beating, or we think it's your heart beating. It probably is your heart beating, but it's just there's some kind of sensation usually in the chest, and it can be very mild, or or almost most time we don't even notice it. We don't feel, and sometimes as we get more sensitive to reality oh it's like wow that's happening and so and you can just be aware of heartbeat you could name it note it heartbeat 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 it's just heartbeat Um, and it's easy to have a reaction to any experience this is part two and so the reaction may be Uh oh, what is this? Uh oh, something gonna happen? Is this beating too fast? Maybe I should get my watch out and and time it and see how fast my heart's beating. Because sometimes we can, I think that's called worry about our heartbeat. And you don't have to stop it, but be aware of the secondary component of what you're aware of, which is the heartbeat and the reaction to the heartbeat. Because often we have reactions to many, many of our experiences, and we want to be aware of first the experience and then the reaction, because it's just a reaction. And generally there's some Vedna in there because it feels unpleasant, or we get scared, and being scared is unpleasant. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Any Anything else about that? or No. Okay. We're good, and may your heart keep beating, and, you know, yeah. Here you go, Matthew. My question is also about a physical, I don't know if it's a sensation per se, but I've noticed um, just in the last couple of days when I sit, um, eventually I start listing to the left. <laughs> and I I started to notice it because I felt like I was going to sort of topple out of my chair. Yeah. Um, and then since 
and that's never happened to me before in sitting. So it's uh, just a little curious. And um, so I've been sort of struggling with, should I just let my body do that? I mean, I'm obviously not going to let myself fall out of the chair. but, um, But then, you know, every two minutes I'm starting to like, push myself back the other way and and so mm-hmm. any any advice about that sure list be aware of listing listing list list too far too far rewriting myself just be aware of it all right like even this isn't quite the same but i notice sometimes when i get concentrated I get a lot more saliva. It just happens. And, um, and so I'll be, maybe I'll be just with the breath and then all of a sudden I'm very concentrated, very pleasant. I'm noticing that's pleasant. I'm not thinking even pleasant, pleasant. It's just, it's pleasant and I enjoy it. And so I'm happy to enjoy it and, and I'm aware I'm enjoying it. And then the saliva is happening and I'll start to note saliva, oh, swallowing, swallowing, because my body starts swallowing. So it's the same with listing, and you know, it's just listing. And some people list to the left, which you do, I think, now I've got it correct. And some people list to the right, that's a little more advanced, the right <laughs> <laughs> But it's just listening, and and I'm joking about it because what we're doing is learning how to be aware of what's here, whether it's listening right or left or forward or back. And the and the most important thing you all already said: don't fall over. That's that that's not so skillful. Okay. Thank you. Please. Many thanks for your presence today. And since we're talking about cheetah, keep, keep it. Uh, thank yes. you. Since we're talking about cheetah, I've become intensely aware of my judge in mind, my mm. habit mind. Welcome to the club. <laughs> really, but go ahead. And I've been reflecting on some of my cursory readings of the Abhidhamma and the Visuddhimagga. And at what point? Does purification become real? Great question. Wait, stay here with me. Um, I don't know. Meaning, I'm I'm not so familiar with what the Abhidharma says or the other texts may say. Here's what I know about the judging mind. It's the one thing we don't want. And we don't want to believe. Usually it's judgments about ourselves. Often it's judgment about others. But it's the same dynamic in the psyche, and it's not helpful. What's helpful is to, one, become aware of it. Two, don't believe it. It's hard not to believe. It, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm with you about that. Really, it's really, it's so potent, that part of the psyche. And it's it may be part of the Western world 
somewhat more than the Eastern world. And by that I mean when the Dalai Lama first heard Western practitioners talking about the judging mind, he kept getting his translator to retranslate because he couldn't understand they were judging themselves harshly, meanly, badly. Really, he, he couldn't quite grasp it. And um, he, he gets it now. He's, 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 he's spent a lot more time with Western practitioners since then. But, so I'm giving some other instruction that aren't in the Abhidharma, but they're, they're what I know works and can work. Let me say it that way. First, be aware of it. And you can note it. Oh, judging, judging, judging. And then see if you're believing it or not. Because you don't want to believe it. And by belief, I mean, you might not believe it uh, cognitively, but you might believe it energetically. You might feel, oh yeah, I know I'm not, you know, the worst whatever, but you feel like you're the worst. And so there's a certain kind of psychic energy that's being used against you, right? And I'm just talking, and, and so one of the other ways to work is to bring some Vajra energy, Vajra sword-like energy to defend against the superego, against the judging mind. And I use superego and judging minds the same. Um, and, and so, um, uh, to be honest, in my mind, I'll yell at the, yeah, I'll yell at the judging mind, get out of here. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. And, I'm, and what I'm doing is I'm reclaiming the aggressive energy that's being used against me to defend myself. Okay? And you can try that. <laughs> it's true. I, you know, and I've already told yogis, <laughs> okay, I got to wear his approval. I'm happy. <laughs> But really, it, and it's really, it's, it's kind of a radical kind of compassion. It's a fierce compassion to do that, to protect oneself from, from something that is not true. Because the judgments are never true. They may use true events to sound true. But even if I'm the worst meditator in the world, that doesn't degrade my value. I'm just not a good meditator. That may be true. I'm learning how to do it. But, but to be attacked for it, to be, to be um, judged for it, that is not skillful and it's not true. I'm still a good person, even if I'm a bad meditator. So, and then another um, um, tactic is to use humor. And I find humor very helpful, especially when I'm a bad meditator. I just give it up. Oh yeah, I'm the worst meditator ever. I'm never gonna learn how to do this shit. So you can go deal with somebody else who maybe they'll, they'll listen to you because I don't even care anymore if I'm a bad meditator. <laughs> and, and you hear it, the humor breaks the cathexis 
Cathexis is, a, if you don't know, is a psychological term that means connection, but it's talking about the energetic connection, not just the conceptual connection. So those are a few, yeah, okay, great. And that's for everybody <laughs> can do that. Okay, I have to stop now. We have some, um, a few announcements. One is it's, it's um, COVID day today, meaning do your COVID. <laughs> Listen, I already did my COVID test this morning. I'm good. Please do your COVID test today, um, this morning if you can. Um, um, we said something yesterday that we we talked about. We wanted to change what we said. We said, don't come in late. It's okay if you come in late. Don't come in late consistently 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes late to sit. If you're two, three, five minutes late, it's not a big deal. Come in quietly, especially if you're and if you're if you've been with a group meeting and then you're, you you want to come in, you can come into the sit. Just come in quietly. For those of you who are sitting, it's all practice. It's just sound. You're just hearing a sound. Be aware of the sound, and of course, be aware of any reaction you have to the sound, because sometimes we don't like the sounds. And then um, the last thing is somebody uh, asked about writing, right? Um, teachings about writing and things that plague the mind. Um, mostly, if I'm very traditional about this, don't write. Just don't write. Um, if you need to write a sentence to remember something, something good that happened or something painful, you can write one sentence. But otherwise, sent writing becomes like thinking. It just, it's a proliferation. And we don't want to support that. We want to just be aware that we have the urge to write or there's something here that's unpleasant we'd like to get rid of. And you can feel that, the wanting to get rid of it. Okay, is that anything else? We're good. What about reading? Don't read. Absolutely. I don't even, I don't, we haven't said that. <laughs> yeah, don't read, don't read, don't write, just be here. And of course, I know it's really hard to just be here. This is the hardest thing, <laughs> really. And it's so, that's part of the bareness of what we're doing is what creates the depth of what's revealed in the Dharma. So, yeah, no read, no write, no music. Pardon? Uh, no, don't take notes. You could write one or two sentences, you know, but remember the Dharma talks will almost all be posted so you can listen to them again. Okay, so you don't have to worry about transcribing while we speak. Okay. Hey, beautiful day. Great day to practice. Give, give yourself to the Dharma, and the Dharma will give itself to you.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.